Welcome to Inspired Artist Podcast with me, Porter Singer. I get to speak with Gary Temple Bodley today, who is really the reason that I have this podcast. It was his idea. And he is also the reason behind a lot of things that have gone on in my life in the past few years. Um, not to say that he made the choices, but he has been sort of a voice of inspiration and um, someone that I have learned a great deal from. He channels a group of beings called Joshua. He's now working together with his partner, Christy Levy, who channels the white light. She's also a psychic medium. I hope to have her on in the near future. And they have created a program called Quantum Life Theory. And he's gonna talk a little bit about that. They have retreats, they have weekly calls, they have online classes, it's a, it's a whole thing. But what really resonated with me about what Gary shares is just how easily anyone can come to this and incorporate it into their life, no matter what their life looks like. You don't have to look a certain way or think a certain way or speak a certain way or do a certain thing in life or you know, none of that. And it was nice for me to come from kind of a rigid background to something that felt really um, elevating and wonderful, but also not rigid and structured and um, something that I felt I had to like adhere to. So um, he has a podcast. Uh, he's very busy. He and Christy are, are very busy people. And I'm really grateful that he took some time out to chat with me. So let's get into it. Here we go. So hello, Gary. Thanks for Hi. coming back. Hi, <laughs> Porter. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing well. Yeah. Good. Good. I hear you've been connecting with Christy. Yes. Ooh. Yes, I have been. That's been really, really helpful. Whew. Yeah. That is a big concept, the circle. Oh, yes. Yes. About that. Yeah. 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 So for those of you who have no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> We probably have to back up. Um, but yeah, no, I, I was able to see some really amazing things about my, my dad that, um, like brought me to tears this morning. It was really, really powerful. I wasn't expecting, honestly, I think I had a limiting belief that I was like, well, I don't, I don't, you know, I'm not hearing a group of beings in my ear all day. So maybe they just, you know, maybe they just have like, I mean, really, you know, it's like, duh, you're able to get there, you know? <laughs> Well, we have an unfair advantage, that's mm. for sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, especially yeah. Chrissy. Chrissy's way more tapped <laughs> in. And uh, with all the events and experiences that we've gone through in the last year, we've gotten to see things more for what they really are. And this uh, illusion of separation, which is the basis of all fear, uh, is so thick and so deep. And we're really starting to see how hard it is for people to understand that they're not victims. Hmm. The victim uh, means that you believe that outside conditions and people can make you feel something. And what's really happening is you have a belief and that belief is triggered by some event or something someone says. And then you feel a negative emotion because you're perceiving reality inaccurately. Um, but you blame it on the person because you think, hey, if the person didn't come by and say that, I wouldn't feel bad. No, if you didn't have the limiting belief, you wouldn't feel bad. So people try to control what comes in because they want, don't want to feel negative emotion, especially if they're emotionally sensitive. Then you start living this way, trying to protect yourself and build up barriers and build up walls and fences and 
eventually the limiting beliefs because they're not addressed become so strong that you end up holding away in your house and not participating in, or acting on anything yeah yeah that's it it's it's so funny because i've been through two cycles of this now so like i came in in the first wave and there was a certain amount of realization that i had during that but then like i guess the foundation wasn't strong enough to actually carry me through like a very challenging life situation. So I sort of, and also actually what I realized, which was kind of cool is that I, I told Christy this, I didn't remember what it was like to be like a normal person mm -hmm. because I had been in the spiritual, you, you guys call it woo-woo. I think it's so funny. I'm like, I don't know anything but woo-woo. <laughs> like, why are you trying to get out of woo-woo? But um. But, but I like, didn't remember. I was like, well, maybe, maybe that shit works. Maybe I should try it, you know, give it a, it doesn't, it really doesn't. I mean, it didn't for me. So I ended up, yeah, I ended up like rejoining your boot camp, and thankfully it's available for people who are, who have already um, signed up for it perpetually, which is a really wonderful thing that you do. Yeah. That's so funny because the boot camp was created in 2019, 18 and then, uh, started rolling out in 2019 and from the very beginning joshua was saying that let them take it as often as they want because it will take several cycles for them to keep you know to get to a level of perspective where they really understand what's going on and you know all the typical teachers will say no make pay <laughs> make them pay for it again and again i was like nope you're in it you're in it for life so take it as many times as you like and christy actually took it eight times fully and it wasn't until the eighth time that she realized she got everything. Myself, you know, the uh, law of attraction is revealed in week seven and eight. I didn't get the second key, uh, which is in week eight, until the second time I took it. And what's happening is as you go through anything, you raise your perspective. And when you raise your perspective, you see more things and you get more information and you have more clarity. And then you do something again. And that will raise your perspective again. It's like reading a book and highlighting things that you like, and then going and reading the book again and seeing things, you know, highlighting all kinds of different things and saying that wasn't there before. It's crazy how this works. So raising your perspective, then we were just talking about this on the last white light, the difference between acceptance and then perspective and how perspective is vibration. And white light said, well, your teachers have always mentioned vibration and perspective as two separate things because you weren't ready to understand that how you see yourself in your reality is then translated to a vibration and that vibration is emitted. And what's really happening is your focus at the moment attracts a thought and that thought interacts with your vibration and it becomes personal to you. It's just a neutral thought, but now when, when it interacts with your vibration, it becomes I am or mine or this or that, something that is relative to your life. And then you have some kind of feeling or emotion in response to that, that is sent out into the universe. And then that with the intensity of that is reflected back to you. And this has happening with as many thoughts as you have all the time. And so when you're focused on something that you're passionate about, you generally have some positive emotion with that. And that reflects back. And so that thing you're passionate about 
escalates and gets bigger and more fun and more interesting and you get a higher perspective. But when it's something that you are scared about or are worried about, then that brings back a reflection of that feeling. And so the reality is simply a reflection of all these emotions that you're putting out and they're haphazard and no one looked at their limiting beliefs and no one looked at focus of their thoughts. And so meditation will help you with the thoughts and then processing limiting beliefs helps you with that part of it as well. Yeah. Well, the processing of limiting beliefs was like a total game changer, but the way that you do it or the way that Joshua introduced it and the way that you teach it is different than I hear other people talking about it because it's not like, all right, come up with whatever limiting belief you think you have. And let's try to, you know, it's no, it's like it, it comes out in an event. The The world shows it to you. It's really a cool way to, to practice because it's your life. Yeah. So when I was writing the first book of perception of reality, 10 years ago, they used this term manifestation event. I said, what a corny name for something, but the event is showing you a limiting belief that stands in your way of manifesting something you want to manifest anything you want. You have to become that thing. And if you have limiting beliefs about yourself in that area, those have to be shown to you. So what will happen is you'll receive inspiration that will lead you to something you want, but you'll have a limiting belief that brings up a bunch of fear and or doubt or negative self-talk. And you will not act on that inspiration. So then if you're not acting on the inspiration, you're not moving towards the manifestation of the thing you want. So the reason the fear comes up is because of a limiting belief and the universe then will show you that limiting belief. You'll have a chance to process it. If you do, when the inspiration comes the next time, the limiting belief will be reduced in intensity and you'll be able to actually act on the inspiration. So it is part of the manifestation process. If you get the inspiration and always fear pops up when you're inspired, but you can push past the fear and act, then you don't have a limiting belief. But what happens to the vast majority of our inspiration is that we feel too much fear and we don't even act. In fact, we don't even realize that the fear is just saying, you should be doing something different. Nobody's going to listen to this. Nobody's going to want what you have. Uh, you don't have the time. You don't have the money. You're not good enough. All these things are just limiting beliefs. And some of them are really intense. And so the process is becoming aware of the ones that are actually limiting and then working on those. We all have the limiting belief that we don't want to <laughs> go on a spaceship and travel to Mars. But since that's not what we want, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You can have all these limiting beliefs, but if they're not getting your way, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. You told this really beautiful story. I think it was on one of the podcasts. Maybe it was on one of our calls, but um, about your brother and a toy and seeing that was, was that when you were four? Is that what Chris was talking about? That you, yeah. you like trace back the shutting off of your heart to this, like one of it's amazing that you remember it. Do you feel like sharing that? Sure. Um, so what we're learning now in this quantum life theory program that we've, that we've been working on and had our first class, our first uh, event here at the house last weekend is that every single person has these events in their life. And these events cause them to adopt beliefs and those beliefs then cause them to have an identity. And then that, 
that their world is seen through their identity and it just compounds and no one pays attention to it because you're just a kid. So when I was four and my brother was two, I, I can remember absolutely loving my brother. Like I can remember the emotion of it and we're playing and he has my toy fire truck and uh, he smashes it to pieces. <laughs> I, I mean, this is the most, one of the most powerful memories of my life. And instantly I feel that love I have for him stopping, just going away. And, uh, and then we fought like cats and dogs our whole life. The limiting belief that arose out of that was nobody cares about me. And so all these other events happened where my mom lost me in a grocery store and she couldn't find me. And I went to the manager and the manager's calling for her and can't find her. And so he says, I don't know, kid, she's not here. And so I said, okay, no problem. I'll walk home. I'm like five years old. And so I start walking home and then I see her way up there with my brother on a stroller pushing him home. And I run up and that again, nobody cares about you. They're you see you. her like near your house? Like in other words, she actually did leave you at the grocery store? Yeah, but oh. she, you know, from my perspective, it was like, yeah, I don't care. I'm just going to go home. Screw this kid. <laughs> from her perspective, she was probably frantic looking around and then going home. We must have gone home or something. Oh, okay. But you don't know her yeah, side yeah, yeah. of it. You know, just yeah. had this five-year-old kid perspective, you know, so I'm holding on all of that. And so I've had this whole, my whole life was nobody cares about me or there's something wrong with me because nobody cares about me. And so my whole life was about trying to be as normal as possible, conforming, fitting in, and then becoming something that people would like, love, or respect. And that led me into making a lot of money and, and then using that money to do things for people so that they would appreciate me, they would yeah. care about me, right? And of course, that never worked. Got many manifestation events around that. But it's, it is, you can see this in other people and in the QLT program, there's a blueprint that we do of people and it traces these kind of events and you can see where things happen as kids that began to affect their life. For instance, we were working with a woman and she's 5'10 and she's very shy and withdrawn. She's beautiful. Uh, she, you know, she's not in a relationship now, but she wants one. She's super gifted, super intelligent. She's a teacher and she would be teaching and she is a teacher she teaches like six-year-olds french okay so she's 12 and suddenly she shoots up in height and she's now the tallest person in school and all the boys tease her so she wants to hide away from that and doesn't want to stand out so the standing out hmm. came from this event that happened in her life and it made her not want to stand out she doesn't want to date anyone that's less than six foot she doesn't want to do anything that would you know put her in the public eye or do anything she teaches little kids they can't you know everyone stands out to little kids so it's not a big deal it's and you can in fact when i was talking her through this she was wearing a camouflage shirt you know <laughs> literally trying to hide yeah you so you were talking with her not joshua yeah. Yeah, it was, yeah. What is that? What is that process like? What What are you doing to get that awareness? You. Well, we also did, did this with uh, Katie, who's an actress too. So what you do is you look at their childhood, 
asked him a lot of questions about it, asked about the parents. What was the mother like? What was the father like? What, were, what siblings did you have? Where did you grow up? What was the culture in the time at the time? What events do you remember happening? What do you really want now? What aren't you getting now? Where is your life working? Where is it not working? And then you can ask a few questions and it comes up really quickly, literally in five or 10 minutes, hmm. if you have enough information. So Katie, for instance, is an actress in LA and she was talking about how her mother always wanted her to be perfect and would never accept her the way she was. Always criticizing, always wanted to be perfect. She just wanted this perfect kid. And her father was totally easygoing, couldn't, just loved her no matter what she was. But she became whatever her mother wanted her to be. And she got really good at it. And then she became an actress. Hmm. And as an actress, she could do any part. But as herself, she had to be a people pleaser. Hmm. Because she was trying to be the thing that everyone would like. But you can't really do that in a group. And, and she wouldn't, she had relationships that didn't work and that sort of thing. And uh, you can trace it back to this inability to be authentic. And that was the that was the root of every issue in her life that isn't working now. Yeah. Yeah, things like that. Yeah. What I was I was thinking about as you were talking about this, um, because I I don't think I've heard Joshua say this, but I've heard it in other contexts of like something that is limiting now wasn't like she had to be, she had to have that belief. It wasn't limiting at that time or like you with the, with the truck, like you wanted that limitation at that time, or I guess you wouldn't even call it a limitation, but like you wanted to have that belief because it would propel you. It would cause you to do other things. What is fascinating from the spiritual standpoint is we know that we come in, we choose our parents, we choose our time and place of our birth. We choose our name. There's all kinds of crazy things that we choose. And we know this is going to set up a trajectory that would lead us to what we're meant to do. So in my case, shutting off the heart was that at some point, I would begin to lead from the heart. And I would feel this emotion. Since it was turned off, it's very obvious now, and I'm having all kinds of, you know, this has started happening the last three years, but mostly in the last year or so, that I'm getting very, very, very emotional and can tell when I'm leading, when I'm having a conversation and leading with the heart, I can feel it in the emotion. And of course, that's where all the power was. Christy has aphantasia, which is a very rare thing where people cannot imagine anything. She can't picture anything in her mind. So you say, picture, you know, doing meditation or something, you say, picture a grassy knoll with a big, tall tree in the middle, and you're laying under the tree. She cannot picture that. Yeah, Another I can't story. either. You can't either, really? Mm -hmm. Wow. But okay. like, I mean, can, in, in terms of like, I can't see it, but I mean, I can, it's like, I know what you're talking about. I know. Yes. Yeah. I mean, if I, you know, if I see you one, I'm going to go, that's it. a grassy knoll with a tree. Sure. But like. Everyone yeah. else can see it right? Huh. Picture a monarch butterfly. Can you do that? Right. 
You may be I able to because you've probably seen a picture of one. Yeah, I expect it to be more vivid, I guess, if I were actually, I'm not like seeing it. It's like a, it's an idea. I, I have the idea of it. It's not something that I'm like seeing inside me. I don't know. Yeah. It feels unfulfilling. So you probably have this. So most people can <laughs> see a monarch butterfly and then, and then someone will say, make it purple. And it just instantly changes to purple. Right? I can't, no, and colors are, forget of it. No, there's no colors inside my head. <laughs> now, for Christy, this was interesting because when when she became super psychic, she suddenly saw things in her head that she never saw before. Hmm. It was vivid things. So when people, dead people are coming through or spirit guides, she can see them vividly. Right. And so for her, it was, she knows this is true because she wouldn't see this otherwise. It mm. can't happen for her. Right. And for me, I know that le- I know when I'm leaving with the heart when I feel emotion because I don't feel that kind of emotion before. I'll feel negative emotion, but I won't feel love emotion. So yes, it led me to everything that I did, led me perfectly to where I am. And I would not have chosen it from the human perspective, but it's allowed me to do what my purpose is. So all of these trajectories are allowing everyone to do what their purpose is. Now, knowing that, you can understand that why you are the way you are, and that that led you to some spiritual teacher or some desire to know more and maybe seek out something spiritual or even scientific. But you come to a point where you invert that. So Katie would come to a point where she's this chameleon being who everyone wants her to be but not being authentic. And then when she becomes authentic, when she inverts and becomes authentic, then that's when her power comes online because her power, which she knows is all in authenticity. She's actually doing stand-up comedian comedy. And she knows in that you have to be absolutely authentic hmm. uh, for the other person to, she knows she's a spiritual teacher and she has these gifts. And a lot of people have these elevated empathic abilities that will not come online until they overcome this, I, this, what they perceive is the way they are, which is their identity. That's interesting. So, oh, first, as an aside, I had to look this up because I forgot his name. I was listening to this podcast with Aubrey Marcus and Robert yeah. Edward Grant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure, he's talking yeah, about the her- hermetic principles mm-hmm. oh my god but he's designing a game that mimics what what all the spiritual teachers including josh would talk about about like you know choosing everything he's creating a virtual game where you get to be the soul choosing like your zodiac sign and your haircut you know just everything about it and it will influence in the game the types of experiences that you're allowed to have but he's like realizing these through this he's like people are going to understand like what's you know he's he's trying to teach people kind of what's going on anyway um i thought that was a fun aside um uh because it it sort of gamifies this uh this idea that you that you've been sharing for a while there are a few people that I see that are understanding this at a certain level. And for some weird reason, he is. He doesn't have a lot of background in this. And suddenly it, it has come online for him. Yeah. And there's nothing that I've heard him say that isn't absolutely accurate. He said in the first 10 minutes, he's like, and then you start to realize that everything's happening for you. <laughs> I'm like, Who are you? I've never heard of him before. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, so. 
so, but what I was going to ask you about is the, the, so when, when you first explained inversion, what I understood was, um, because you, you explained it as living your life from the inside out rather than the outside in. So, so understanding that you're, it's all you, right. But right. you're, but what you just said made me think of it in a different way where it's like, whatever you think are your flaws is going to become your you know, it's going to become like the thing that rises you to, you know, your infinite potential or whatever. Is that kind of what you're saying? It's, it is what we're understanding and, and quantum quantum life theory is all of this stuff based in science. So you have this identity that you think is you. The, every thought that you come gets filtered through this identity. And there's certain things you would say, I would never do, you know, but then you have these certain desires. And so these things are conflicting, conflicting your whole life. And you're basically asking that the outside conditions make you feel something. Right. So, so, um, Anne would say, I really have a passion to teach and I have a passion to be a spiritual leader, but I don't want to stand out. Um, you know, other people, like I would say, I really want to lead with the heart, but I don't have any clue what that is because I'm always so analytical and leading with the head. And to invert that is to understand, is to go through that that trial by fire, that courage thing, slay the dragon, to face your worst fear is to get everything you truly want. Hmm. And so to understand how your identity is cobbled together through these experiences that are going to lead you on this trajectory. But you have to realize that that, that identity was never true. You are not the victim, you are the creator. So now you see your life as, oh, I created all these experiences. It led me to believe this and believe that that was never true. I've started to whittle away at these limiting beliefs. I've expanded my identity. And now I come to see myself for who I truly am. My biggest fear in life was to be weird. Then I became a channel to be what, and I always had this thought or knowledge that I was here to do something impactful, to make an impact. But how could I make an impact if I was going to be this average Joe that looked like everyone else? I had to embrace all the things that was unique about me and then dare to be out there for criticism or whatever uh, to, to seem that some people would see as weird. So that took me 10 years to do, and I'm still doing it, but I inverted at some point where I'm not looking for the outside conditions or people to make me feel anything. I choose my perception of reality. And if I feel positive emotion, then I'm accurately perceiving the reality. And anytime I feel negative emotion, I'm feeling like a victim again. And I'm inaccurately perceiving it. Mm -hmm. Would you liken it to, I was thinking about it as like a reprogramming because it seems like it sort of takes, it takes the event to make the choice to do it differently the next time, to do it slightly differently the next time, do it slightly differently the next time and do it slightly. I mean, it's, it's like a, for me anyway, it seems to take a lot of repetition and new choices and realizations and, oh, that's what's going, you know, it's, it's, it feels slow, you know, in, in the, in the grand scheme of things, the, the evolution. 
Yeah, well, that's another part of it is we also have this comparison and self-judgment and mm. but we have to realize that 99% of the population will never do this. They'll just go their whole lives believing who they are, staying small and protecting themselves from negative emotion. But one of the things that we chose, you and me and so many people who are in spiritual stuff, we chose to come in with heightened emotional sensitivity. We would not tolerate negative emotion. We couldn't keep it down. You can't keep down this way you feel. Mm -hmm. And this would lead us to have to find something. Hmm. Yeah. And then it's self-reprogramming. So you go on. It's hard. It's difficult. You, almost everyone jumps off the train and goes back to normal life and tries to figure out they feel so much better. And then the big things don't really work the way they want them to work. But they know better. You know, because they have enough education once they've gotten on some program, once they have, they know how things should work and they know what they're doing. And so you just have to keep going through it. And it really takes a community that really helps a lot. And, you know, that people are great helping each other in those things. A lot of times we don't have someone close to us who we can talk to. So getting in some community and now that we can do Zoom and in groups and stuff and go to retreats and things like that. Yeah. <laughs> but everyone gets into it because they want what they want and they think this is the answer, but they think the answer is outside of them and it's always within. Yeah. Yeah. Would you have described yourself before all of this as sensitive? Like when you were doing real estate? Oh my God. I was crying when I was a little kid all the time. Really? Oh, okay. Hey, <laughs> I was like, uh, 12 years old or something mowing the backyard and crying because my dad made me mow it and crying so loud it was louder than the lawnmower <laughs> he came and said why are you crying <laughs> yep. funny I was thinking of a time when that happened to me like in my in, in high school my theater teachers wouldn't let me go to my dad's birthday because we had to rehearse uh, and we wanted to go after, oh my, I cried like, like someone had died for hours. And I'm, I'm thinking back on this. I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting. You know, what you do is you turn your complete perception of everything around. Everything we're taught is completely false. Every single thing. Uh, there, everyone, everything we've been taught has been taught to us by someone in fear, no matter what it is. And we believe that we're supposed to look at experts or teachers or parents for guidance. They're more in fear than we are. They're filtering everything through the fear. And then to know that everything's within, then to build up that confidence that you can go within and get your own answers, it seems insane. So this is a complete flip of how everyone perceives themselves, everyone else, their reality. For instance, we, this is an illusion of separation. We all totally believe that I am me, you are you, and we are not each other. But the truth is oneness. We know that enough by now. So if you just look at that one thing, that is opposite of what we taught. You be in spirituality long enough, you listen to enough of Christie's readings, you know, there's no separation between the physical and the non-physical. Nobody goes to hell. God does not judge. There is no judgment. We are, we are not separate from God. We are God. We are God in our reality. We are the God of our reality. 
so every single thing that we've learned was based in the separation and happens to be the opposite of what's true. So everything you think about yourself is incredibly limiting compared to who you truly are. And the more you move along that journey, discover more and more who you are accurately by processing limiting beliefs, by acting on inspiration, by pushing past fear, by getting, gaining a bit of confidence and going further and further and further, and then having experiences based in the new evolution of you, you just see more clearly, see more clearly, see more clearly, and you rise out of that fear to a degree. And then you come to a place where you have to acknowledge that you are not the victim. And anytime you feel negative emotion, you've got to say, this is the opposite of what's happening. Hmm. Yeah, wow. How many was... um, manifestation events do you have in a week? It depends on the week. <laughs> I was it's weird, but it seems to it seems to get worse when I'm on my cycle. So <laughs> um usually the beginning it's like, you know, uh I'm kind of rainbows and unicorns for a mm -hmm. couple of weeks and things don't really bother me that much and then like this period. But I I was framing that as, oh, there's something wrong with my cycle. Not that I was saying that, but that's what I feel like that was I, I was feeling that. And now I'm realizing I'm like, oh no, this is like the purging. This is like all the stuff that I'm not processing, just wanting to come out all at once. It's a little overwhelming. Um, but right now I'm I'm on it. So that's why my call with Christy yesterday was super helpful. Yeah. So <laughs> that is that so that's a higher perspective way to look at it. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's that idea comes to you. You've never had a good idea in your whole life. You've never written a good song in your whole life. It's right. always been given to you, right? So now just that shift in perspective enables you to see things even more clearly and more clearly. Like if you realize that you don't manufacture the thoughts in your mind, that you attract the thoughts based in this vibration, the focus that you're focused on. If you're passionate about music and you you have this kernel of an emotion that you wanted to elaborate, then you get these thoughts and they come in. You didn't manufacture them. Now that takes a lot of weight off. You don't have to think up things your own. You can just get into a place where you hmm. bring these in. Hmm. Yeah. That that's really, that's become really apparent recently because I attracted the idea that I could write an unlimited amount of songs. There's yes. no limit to how many songs I can write. Never, never had that thought before. And um, it just keeps being proven to me again and again and again. I'm like, wow, another one and another one. Because people are now asking me, like I'm, I'm, I'm doing commissions for people now yeah. as, as like a fun thing. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's amazing how, well, one, how, how easy it is, but to, it's not like when you channel Joshua, it's not like, oh, there's the song. Like it's, it's sort of a molding process. I think probably because that's going to be more fun for me. Right. Right. Yeah. You want to work it out and feel cool about yeah. how you arrange it and that sort of thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> I have no attachment to what comes out. I, don't care. <laughs> I right. want a volume. <laughs> right. Right. Um, speed. That it writ. Okay. So the, the, the identity thing got me um, really interested in the stuff that Byron Katie was talking about with identity. Are you familiar with the stuff that, she, okay. You're familiar with Byron Katie. 
I like, I don't know what it is, but I really want to be able to contextualize what she is doing because I don't get it. I mean, I get that she is, you know, living in the present moment. Thoughts are just ideas to her. And it's really amazing how she works through stuff, but it, it's a little bit nebulous to me. And I don't totally understand how it fits within the framework of like what you talk about or Abraham or even like just life in general, it seems to exist in its own sort of corner for me right now. I wonder if, do you have any? Give me like, an example of what you're talking about. Okay. I, so, um, okay. She, well, this is a really simple one. So we're here. Okay. We're looking at each other and you ask me, do you have a son? And if I were being truthful, I would say, I, what would I say? I would say, I don't know. I don't know. He's not here. You know, mm. like there's <laughs> present moment. The only things that I can tell you is that I have a pen. I have hands, you know, I can look at myself, but then I know that I'm not really any of these things either. So maybe I don't have hands. I mean, it's just, it, it's almost like it, there's no like where to, there's no place for me to sort of go like, like to land, which might be where Josh was taking us anyway, but um <laughs> well here's how it gets Percy and I are in bed at night and Whiteley says there is nothing outside that room nothing nothing there is nothing there's no earth there's no rest of the house there's no dog there's no neighbors there's nothing outside of that room as soon as you open the door you have an agreement with that energy that forms instantly into the next room, the adjacent room. Right. And this is nothing outside that room either. I mean, we know this scientifically, this is what science tells us that there's no physical matter yet. Nobody seems to be living as if that's true. No. And we don't know if there's any benefit of that really, but it is interesting to note that you have an agreement with the energy field based on your beliefs and your expectations that there's going to be something there. Yeah. You actually don't know if that's the same room or not, because it's just very, uh, very minute amount of information is coming in anyway. You see the walls and the floors, basically the same color you remember, basically the same. But how do you know your memory of this room is what this room is? How do you know that all, you even have a memory? How do you know you wake up in the morning and what you remember is what you remembered the day before? It seems like it is, but it be, could be totally different. Right. So you never know. One thing that Joshua said that I always thought was interesting is in World War II, there would be mothers and they would be living their lives happily, happily, happily months after their son was killed in war. It wasn't until they got the notification that they got upset. Oh, right. Uh-huh. Right? And so this is really showing you what, what is your reality. Your reality is what you believe. So if you believe your son is over there and still alive, you'll allow yourself to feel good. Hmm. And as soon as you find out that's not true, then you'll use that as the excuse not to feel good. And of course, everyone would. I'm not saying that that's unreasonable, but this is the level we're talking about on everything, you know, right. You get fired from your job 
but this is going to lead you to the most spectacular experience of your life. And you're calling that a bad thing. You just do not know. And so people are, are reacting without thinking or without, you know, observing. And this is a hard way to go through life. Now, if you knew that you were the creator of your reality, if you really knew that, and if you knew that everything was created from a non-physical perspective that is so much wiser and broader and is leading you to everything you want, as long as you'll go willingly along, then then what you, you have the most magnificent life possible. If you look at your life, you can look at it as it is perfect. It was perfect. It will be perfect. You can see every experience that you've ever had as perfect. You can know that in this moment, everything is perfect because it's, it's what is here so that we can have this conversation. You have all the money, you have all the air, you have all the food, you have a roof over your head, you have everything you need to have this conversation. So this moment's perfect. Now you may want things to be different. So you want things to be, you know, you will perceive this as imperfect because you want things to be different. If you perceive it as perfect, then you could not make a change to it right now. If you look at your body and say, my body is perfect right now, that means that you can't make a change to it to improve it. That's why no one wants to see these things as imperfect. But if you thought just at this moment, it's perfect because I can do what I need to do. And so the body is perfect in this moment. Will it change in the future? Sure, or not, whatever. And then if you can understand that every moment of your life has been perfect because you always got what you needed to do whatever you need to do, and every single moment's been like that, then the future has to be perfect as well. Now, if you get on board with that idea, then you eliminate regret and resentment, you eliminate being out of the present moment, and you eliminate worrying about the future. And then you just have a faith that your only job is to see the perfection in every single thing you do. But you want to judge it because you think you can make it better. And you think if you make it better, your life will be better. Hmm. And that is a flawed premise based in separation. Mm -hmm. Because you just don't have enough information. You just don't have the big picture. Well, and perfect is a word that, I mean, Joshua uses, you use. But when like the greater public uses it, I think it it's it's more of like an ideal to strive for. So like this, the whole concept of there should always be an ideal to strive for I mean, is, you know, just to come back to Byron Katie, it's like, how can you ever be enjoying the present moment if there's always something better to strive for that's not now? Yeah, that's the ideal is emergent from the concept of imperfection. Yeah. The ideal has to come out of that philosophy of imperfection. And the ideal is uh, illusory, distracting, a fantasy, not true. You don't know if that's going to make you feel anything. It can't make you feel anything. There's nothing beneficial about an ideal. The problem with ideals or outcomes that you want is that when you receive inspiration and it doesn't seem like it's getting to that ideal, you won't act. The only purpose of inspiration is to move you through an experience that will raise your perspective even more. That will allow you to learn something. So what we do now is we know that once we've agreed to something, like 
this conversation. I'm doing this conversation because with talking to you, in talking to you, I'm going to discover something about myself that I didn't know. So this conversation is for me. Mm -hmm. If I'm going, you know, have a job and going to a sales meeting, I walk into it with the highest perspective possible that I can believe. And knowing that this, all these people came together to show me something that I couldn't see otherwise, and that I will go in there with the intention to discover this new thing that I didn't see. And then I have the experience and look back and I see the perfection in that experience. That whole way of doing it shifts my perspective even higher. My perspective, not as what great thing Gary can do, but what could source become in this thing called Gary? And to do that, you have to see yourself as partner or an aspect of source here to see with the limitations of this illusion and the forgetting who you are, what could you become? And what you could become is, is unimaginable. Mm. Yeah. But you have all these restraints called the ideal or the outcome or the, or the, or the, I'm not perfect, you know? Where did that word come from? What? Unimaginable. Unimaginable? Mm -hmm. Do you remember? Well, we've, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, but since Christy became a psychic and the most powerful psychic in the history of the world, like she can do everything. She, she has, she has every ability that any other psychic has ever had at 10 X of that. There's one thing that no one's been, no one can really do is find something. So we played this game, we were at Airbnb, and I hid a dollar. And so she comes in the room and she goes, it's like up and it's in, right? You know? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, it is. You know? And she's like, okay, she didn't really get it. And then, I, and then what I did was I took one of her dollars and she got it pretty quickly. But what happened was there was... It was, it was, you know, there's a time thing. Go, go do it now. And so what, what we, then the third thing we did is I took her credit card and I put it, there was a lockbox on the counter and I put it inside this lockbox. Now she doesn't go looking for it. She just goes right to it. Mm-hmm. And so I put it there and I didn't, I said, okay, it's hidden, but there's no time limit. Just whenever you get it. So next time she was in the kitchen, she got a glass of water and she went right to the lockbox and pulled it out. And then since then, anything you want to know where it is, no matter where you are in the world, she can tell you where it is. So someone loses their ring or someone loses their handbag, they just call Christy and she goes, I think it's in your car between your seats, you know, stuff like that. (laughs) That's crazy. You don't think, you don't think Joshua would be able to do that if you asked? Because I remember in the early days of Abraham, Esther and Jerry would play a game where they would try to find their friends in Phoenix and Abraham would be like left, right. Have you ever heard that story? Yeah. Yeah. Um, So with Christy, because she has aphantasia and can't picture anything, everything comes to her in pictures. Mm -hmm. With me, I got Gary and I got Joshua. And unless I'm really focused in the moment of doing, doing this thing, I am a translator where Esther, they take over her entire body. Christy, they take over her vocal cords. Oh, they okay. could take over her whole body, but she doesn't need to. They could just take over her vocal cords. I'm a translator, so I get the thought and I 
translate it into English and I just keep in this flow. But when, and you know, if I'm meditating, I can talk to them and get ideas and stuff. But when I'm trying to do something, I can't tell where that is, you know, it sort of, it doesn't work for me. Yeah. Um, I can do certain things. I can um, discover what your empathic abilities are. If I'm with you, I can, I can see images of events in your life that Hmm. may have been the issue that caused this thing. Um, I can see who you truly are relatively easily. And uh, I've always, that's like been a natural ability that I have. So I have those sort of things. Uh, And then those can be developed more, but Chrissy has full on everything. And just recently they said that she's only accessing half of them right now. (laughs) Still a whole bunch of go. We know who our inner selves are. We know how we are connected in the non-physical. We know our gifts of the non-physical. We know our names of the non-physical. We've seen our past. We've seen two of our most recent past lives in great detail. We've we've changed both of those lives in this life physically, mm-hmm. and that's an unimaginable experience. We've talked to. Can you describe celebrities? That? It is. <laughs> it is a. When you say you've changed it, you experienced it and made a different choice. What is what is that's what I'm imagining. But what? Yes. So, fit, so it's all happening at the same time. And Chris and I have, were together in Greenville, South Carolina, where two of our past lives were. Wow. And we stood on the same spot at certain times when when they were having an event, the exact same spot. And so I was literally standing in my, my, this past life was Toby and he was a slave when this event was happening. And he, and I was able to drop my perspective into him so he could raise his perspective so high that he realized what was happening was an illusion. And he said, this is not happening. And a lightning bolt struck a barn and everyone ran off and, <laughs> and saved his life and, and Christie's was Sarah in another life we Hmm. were in we were separately I was in France and I walked through both of it was Thomas and Sophie walked through both of them where they were and that changed the course of their life but both of those stories would be amazing books just vivid but they would take a while to tell those stories yeah that's something you are interested in doing um, we got so much going on now, but there's a lot. <laughs> yeah, right. Add it to the list. Yeah. There's, there's other lives we're supposed to interact with that are different parts of the world. Um, you know, we, it's, you know, the, the unimaginable problem with the unimaginable is that things that are happening now with us, um, when we explain these stories, no one can believe them because they're beyond belief. You can't believe these things. So they'll look at you and they'll say, well, there's got to be an explanation for that. I feel like that's everybody true. I know would believe, believe this. That's what I, that's, it's like, I, I'm in a, I have a totally different circle. I, I've, I, I don't hang out with people who wouldn't believe what you're talking about. Okay. Listen to this one. <laughs> Christy can make lights move and she's been able to, we were laying on the bed licking the chandelier and she goes, look at this. I can make the the chandelier purple and the chandelier this this whole like purple aura comes over the chandelier. The beads of the chandelier are purple. The arms of the chandelier, instead of black, they're purple. 
uh, and there's a whole aura of purple around her. And then she goes, look at this, I can make one light brighter than the rest of them. And I said, yeah, it's the one in the back there. It's much brighter, right? <laughs> so she's playing around with that. We go on the front porch and about 300 yards away is the city hall. And there, and this is about midnight. A silver car is, is sort of like standing in front of the city hall, little tiny town that we're in. And I said, see if you can make that car purple. And so she goes, she concentrates, the whole thing turns purple, like from a silver car to a purple car, bright purple is totally obvious. At that second, someone jumps out of the backseat of the car, takes this duffel bag and throws it in the backseat and then starts running and first runs to the street, comes up running towards us, sees us, turns around, runs the other way, and then goes running into our neighbor's long drive into the back of their house. And then the car speeds up and goes down them. And that was the whole the whole thing. <laughs> like, holy shit, did you see that? It was like a car chase? <laughs> or was like a, they were chasing no, like, it? The, like the people in the car were like just going, trying to get their friend back who had jumped out, freaked out and jumped out. And so Chrissy's all freaked out because she thinks she did this to the car. Oh. And so later she has this ability we call purple power. And purple power, if she's focused on someone, it'll lift their perspective really high. And so without knowing, she lifted the perspective of those people in the car who had really low perspectives. And the as that perspective is lift and then they can't hold it, it crashes down. And they freak out. And this person in the back freaked out at the same time because the, they feel great and then they go back to where they were. That's like and a drug. It was... It was, it is literally like a drug, you know, but like, may, you know, imagine having just the most wonderful feeling you've ever had and then going back to your life. That's So of she didn't change the color of the car per se. She didn't like paint it. She changed the whole being of the car. Exactly. Yeah. And she could just do purple. Not that yeah, that's only purple. She's been trying to do everything else. Only purple. <laughs> only purple? No. <laughs> only purple. Right, we don't really fully understand it now, but you know, but when we do events and stuff, when when there's like large crowds of people, she'll be able to to help everyone raise her perspective. The reason think- that she's so good as a medium is because she can hold the perspective of the of the human up to the level of where their relatives are, but it's Right now, it's really exhausting for her to maintain that for an hour. Yeah. Yeah. What um, What is the visual experience, do you think, of the person who sees the car that you're seeing purple? Do you think they're actually seeing it as purple? Well, she and I saw it purple. We were the only ones out there at the time. Okay. But yeah, another time we we're playing with the lights across the street and she could make, there's a, there's a pole that comes out. There's two lights. And she can make it look like it's eyes and it's turning this way. She goes, I'll turn it left and now I'll turn it right. And you can totally see this, right? And then we're playing with all the lights, doing other things, make this one brighter, that one. And then all of a sudden, our magnolia tree lights up from the side of the house, from the side that faces the house. This is 11 o'clock at night or something, right? brightly lit like a floodlight is on the ground shooting up at the magnolia tree and this whole thing is lit up and we're like what is that and so i walk under it and i'm looking at the house there's not any light coming from the house there's not a light bulb (laughs) on anywhere and i'm looking at this tree it's perfectly lit on the other side of it it's not 
the light source is coming from at my feet from the base of the house shooting up into the street. And we try and tell people that story, you know, and then two minutes later, it switches off like that. So it switches on it's like a light switch. Yeah. There's no source of light and that tree is lit up. Or who are you telling? Just like, do you just like tell people in the grocery store? I mean, I know that you're pretty open. So is, is, look is... at your forehead. Your forehead's all wrinkled up. What? No, no. I'm just wondering, like, because you're saying people don't believe you. So, like, are it, I mean, is this like people in the boot camp or like? Yeah, we're so you're... yep, Joshua. Pil I mean, they say they believe us, but yeah, I mean, no one's ever seen light come on a tree without a light source before. Yeah, I don't know. I grew up with with a mom who saw all sorts of things, and I always believed her. So, really, yeah. yeah but to her, but but they were always scary. So I never wanted to see things. They're never scary. Yeah, no, I. They're I scary you. if you're. If you're in fear and you believe in the illusion of separation, yeah, yeah. that's why no one sees these things. You have to get to this perspective to see them. That's what the unimaginable life is. You get this perspective, you're no longer in fear. Um, and those are the least crazy things that have happened. By far, <laughs> the least crazy things. <laughs> what um, What do you think the the purpose of her having the ability to like make a light brighter is this just so that she knows that she can or is there do you have any sort of sense of well it's like a child playing with toys right now you know she's learning how to use them mm -hmm. yeah but her purpose is to remind people who they are hmm. yeah what's yours to see perfection which always got me in trouble because I would, I would see people as perfect and they could maintain that, you know, mm. that would inspire them and I would be able to say, you could do this and you could do that. And, uh, and just, just, I wouldn't see the flaws. I would just see the perfection just generally and thought that everyone saw everyone the same way. And that wasn't the case at all. Mm. Yeah. Was that did it get you into trouble because people just because would... they would get mad at me and find a reason to leave the relationship and things like that oh okay you know, they couldn't you know you if you're around people now and you have a really high vibration and you are not judgmental and you really see the perfection but they believe you're judging them because that's what they're used to and that's what they fear hmm. they're going to be uncomfortable around that Hmm. Yeah, you know, they're, because they're just not at that level yet. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Are you inspired to share anything else before we, before we end? Oh my God. I know. I thought, it's we, been I thought we were just starting. We were, <laughs> when do you want to get? Well, so maybe, maybe you do have more to share. <laughs> when do you want to get to the meat of this? <laughs> okay. So I'm coming to understand how this reality works very easily. The, the ascension is, we were talking about the spiral chakra meditation. The ascension is coming out of the 3D and into the understanding of a, of a higher density, which is called 5D. The 5D is the spiritual and the non-spiritual together. You're not ascending to the crown chakra, you're ascending to the heart. So it's, it's ascension is moving from the head to the heart. That 
is through this fear. Fear is all fears derived from the illusion of separation. If we were newly connected, we'd have no fear. No other civilization, planet in this known universe has this feature of separation. It was sort of an experiment. No other planet has this diversity of life on it. Um, you know, so there is something special about this. Now we are all humans who are here are those souls who are daredevils and really want to challenge and are really big. And this illusion of separation keeps us small. So rising out of that is the goal of this, rising out of that illusion, rising out of the illusion that we're separate from God, rising out of the illusion that we're being judged or anything like that, rising out of the illusion that we need to listen to other people for advice or for expertise. And that's done by seeing yourself as more of source rather than more of human, right? Mm -hmm. But that is the biggest stumbling block because nobody wants to see themselves at that level. That is scary to go up. But everything, every time you go up in perspective, you are out of the fear a little bit and you get more information. Those who are very deep in the fear can't even get an inspired thought, can't even imagine this. They are just doing what everyone's telling them to do, that sort of thing. You have to realize that all the power is within you, but if you're in fear of separation, you can't believe that. So it's this movement towards trying to, or not trying, but to, to coming to terms with the fact that you are magnificent and limitless and eternal and that you are a being of love and that you are the creator of this reality and that you are creating it by how you are choosing to perceive everything. Everything can be chosen. Uh, you can choose to perceive everything in joy, which joy isn't, this is the greatest thing that ever happened, but it, Ooh, that's interesting. I wonder how that's for me. I wonder uh, what's going to come of this. I know that it's for my good, that sort of thing. So that shift in perspective raises you up quite a bit. And that leads to more and more shifts in perspective. So this whole thing is about shifting your perspective of yourself from imperfect to perfect. But the thing is, you've chosen a trajectory. And that trajectory, that life, that identity makes you feel about 3% or 4% of who you truly are. So just going to 5% is a, is a huge jump and you'll start to notice it. But the thing that will always come up is how am I the one to be able to do this? So imagine Barbara Streisand. How am I the one to be Barbara Streisand? That sort of thing. She can't even imagine that. See, this is why, really? well, no one, everyone has self-doubt. Everyone has this imposter syndrome. Everyone has mm. this, no one, we're all- I don't know. I, I've never, I've never been to Barbara Streisand, so I have no idea. Just, that's that's interesting yeah. to play with. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I believe that. You take anyone, you know. That that's take, possible, totally. Yeah, um, I just never really considered that. Okay. We, we know a lot of these things because we talk to a lot of dead celebrities. David Bowie, this year. <laughs> David Bowie- when he was a child, eight years old, he got really strong downloads from galactic energy, right? Now, this is something I would never would have believed or talked about before. Um, 
anyone who ever said galactic to me, I would just dismiss, but that's becoming more obvious. And he got really strong downloads. He thought he was crazy. And he thought something was wrong with him, but it propelled him to do what he was. And if you notice, the first few albums are all about space and aliens and stuff like that. Um, so that led to his trajectory, but he always had this thought that something was wrong with him. He always hated his teeth. You know, he always thought everyone, he always thought he was crazy his whole life. And he hung around with a lot of people who also thought they were crazy, that sort of thing. Uh, so they, to, to say that I am the one, you know, we have an Im imagination of David Bowie saying, I am the one, I am the one who can do this better than anyone else can do. He never had that. Tom Petty had never had that. Chris Farley never had that. Uh, Robin Williams never had that. Right. So how they always they, thought. How do they, how do they make it? Cause I, I had that occurred to me when I was watching the Billie Eilish documentary, I'm like, she doesn't believe that she's good enough to be there. Why is she there? Like, right. how did that happen? Well, they are good enough to be there. Well, of they course, but they don't believe it. Right, right. They are good enough. And, you know, they were, they had something ha something going on with them that they were so passionate about this thing, but they don't believe they're any, they believe they're less special in some cases, right? Yeah. Well, this whole, all of us tend to believe that this person who's done something amazing is the one who believes it, right? But no one does. Now, to get to that flip side, you have to be the one. You have to be, I am the one that's doing this. I was designed to, this is my soul's purpose, right? I, out of 8 billion people, I am the one. And in your life, you are the one. Your life is designed for you specifically. It's perfect for you. And your trajectory is perfect for you, yet that trajectory through all that fear has made you believe you're something's wrong with you. Hmm. So to get over that, there's something wrong with me too. I am the one that leap is gigantic. And that's the crux of everything. If you can get to that crux, then all the information flows to you, all the experiences flow to you, everything. And you get out of the fear. And then you'll notice, oh, I had that experience that led to this experience that led to that experience. But yes. everyone's in resistance. I feel like it was, and maybe, I don't know, was this, was this your impression too? But it, it seemed like when we were first learning about law of attraction from the secret or whatever, um, we were led to believe that these people had obtained what like they she is Barbara Streisand because she believed that she was bar you know she believed that she could get to that that was her that you know she believed it in it and that's what came because that's law of attraction whatever um but you're saying that even as Barbara Streisand <laughs> believe that she's Barbara Streisand that boggles my mind so then how does she be how how are you living as something but not believing that you are it well you <clears throat> there are you can you can have these natural talents and abilities that you are going to be a force of nature and do what it takes joan rivers did you see that documentary no not yet okay that's very interesting joan rivers says i will never have a date on my calendar that's not full really yeah uh you watch the mary tyler moore one it's 
and these people have these chaotic lives and these lives of depression and alcoholism and all these things because they are driven to prove something and they're going to prove it. And yeah. so generally they're making it as a, um, as a retribution towards what they experienced as, as children. They're going to prove everyone wrong. They're going to prove that they are special, that they never feel it. Um, Queen Latifah was saying that she got some award Academy award or something. And she's at, she's at home at night after the party all alone and like feeling exactly the same. Right. Because they think that the outside conditions are going to make them feel something. And they're so driven towards that ideal that they will do whatever it takes to get there. Right. And so some people do. Most people don't. Most people will never get there. Right. But they get there and it doesn't make them feel anything different. And so most of them will rely on something to soothe that feeling or or suppress that feeling. I just connected some dots that I'd never connected before. Do you want to hear it? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I had that realization in college because I spent all of high school like total loner kids hated me all I want to do is get good grades and impress my teachers so that I could go somewhere else where everybody is going to be like me and be the person you know the amazing student I get to the Ivy League school I hate it it was not what I thought it was going to be at all and from that moment I realized that working hard for something that I think I want I mean I didn't put in those words never doesn't work out and that's why I quit being a singer-songwriter and joined my community and started chanting mantras because I, because I knew from that it was, it was, we, I read, um, Christie's example today of like choosing the wrong major in college, which allowed her to see that other people can't know what's best for her. So then she makes the decision to go to Europe because even though people don't think she should go, she knows now that other people don't know what they're talking about. Exactly. So, so interesting. Okay. So look at that. You were alone in high school. Mm. You thought by getting grades, you'd find your community of yeah. loners, right? Yeah. <laughs> you get there, right? Yeah. And then eventually you're led to your community because yeah. you're driven by this being alone. You want to find your crowd and you find your crowd. Yeah. Uh, but what made you be a loner in the first place? What was the, the thing that erupted in childhood that made you feel alone or separate um I think I always felt like my parents liked my brother more than me so I always yeah. felt like I was yeah yeah kind of uh, Susie was the youngest child she was super empathic she was here this weekend incredible things she could do but she was growing up as a little girl she had two older brothers the older brothers would fight and cause trouble and she could feel her parents um, stress out about it. And she didn't want to cause her parents stress because it didn't feel good. Mm -hmm. So she just was quiet and didn't get in trouble and was perfectly behaved. But now she's all very soft spoken and doesn't want to, you know, doesn't want to do anything big and doesn't want to get out of hand. Uh, so we, we see these things all the time is you can trace back all these events by something, but that something was chosen from a higher perspective that would lead you along that journey to some point where you can say, I'm the one. Yeah. Yeah. 
What was that by the moment way, for you? There's oh. there's a tr- there's a tree in your background. <laughs> and, oh oh uh, yeah, the, the and screen. And it looks like your hair, and it's got the most oh. wildest hair style. That's hilarious. <laughs> All right. So okay. it's been since Tracy's been channeling. I've been, I get to ask all the questions now. And so they're leading me on higher and higher perspectives. And so they're talking about this idea of perspective. And I said, okay, well, what's my perspective um, in comparison to how my inner self sees me? My inner self is 100%. And I'm down, and I'm thinking somewhere around 40%. What am I about 40%? And they said, no, right now you're at six, you've made it to 6%. I go, oh my God, that's so low. And they said, well, most people never get above 1%. And there's no one else above 5% on the planet. There's a few, there's a few above five, but there's no one at 6%. I said, what are you talking about? They said, you have the highest perspective of anyone on this planet. I said, how could it be me? There's 8 billion people. How could it be me? You have to understand who you are in the non-physical your or your uh, origin self, your your inner self, the origin consciousness, who that is, um, that is name is Topio, and Topio existed in the Earth realm before Earth. So you're very old. You've lived countless lives of all kinds of you know bugs and and bacteria and all these countless lives over the millennia. And you have, from all those experiences, gotten bigger and bigger. And you now are the most, you know, the largest, most complete consciousness from that whole lineage, right? And so you have very strong intentions and you have a couple memories that you are allowed to bring in with you that other people don't have, things like that. So, of course, I don't understand that. I don't believe it. But then there's another thing and another thing and another thing. And this happens and that happens and that happens and that happens. So over a year, I come from how could it be me to of course it's me. And from there, you know, this, my life has changed over the last year, completely radically changed. Now, my life has changed over the last 10 years, but the last year has been exponential. And then... As a result, we've had these unimaginable experiences that raise our perspective even more. And balanced with that is everyone else is the same. Everyone else can get to where you are. And that by me being the first and Christy being right there with me, is that as we raise our perspective, it helps everyone else raise their perspective as well. Mm-hmm. You know? I was laughing because I was thinking you shouldn't use that as your slogan. Be like, you too can get to 6%. (laughs) (laughs) Do what I did, 6%, and then have an experience that I cannot explain to you that you would not want. (laughs) That's awesome. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I, so I'm so grateful you thank you thank you um this podcast exists because of gary tumble bodily um yeah it's it's just been a real cool ride <laughs> yeah and it's it's uh, a lot has happened and it's fun to come back and and see where you are and test things out and experiment 
and test them out on people around you. And <laughs> do you remember when you were here at the retreat and your boys came over and played with Joshua while they were talking? That's yeah. still one of the most memorable experiences. <laughs> but the the way I felt while this was happening and as, as I was channeling is that this was perfect. That those boys were inspired to do this to show the adults that it does not matter. <laughs> and, and everyone was marveling how you were able to sit there and, and let them do it because you knew that this was for everyone's experience, you know? Well, I think it was also the environment. Like I knew that it made it a little less scary, you know? Yeah. If, if everybody had been like, oh my God, what are you, you know, why aren't you doing something? <laughs> they knew if they did that, they, they'd be right. in trouble. Right. Yeah. Well, I wanted to start that reality show where you take a mother and you let her kids go in the store and they can have anything they want as much as they want uh -huh. and do anything they want. And then you time the mother how long before she says something <laughs> and, <laughs> and she can make it to 60 seconds. She gets 10 grand, but, but that's never happened. So <laughs> that's awesome. There's, there's yeah. a guy that my kids follow called Mr. Beast. Have you ever heard of him? Yeah, of course. YouTuber? He's the number one YouTuber. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know. It seems like Christy hasn't heard of anybody. So no, <laughs> she hasn't. Um, so, uh, but he's, that sounds like a video that he should do. Like, that know. would be great. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you great. so much, Gary. This has been Thanks awesome. for having me. Yeah. Yep. My pleasure. Yep. All right. Yeah, it's fun. Oh, uh, do you want to share with people how they can do your boot camp? come to QLT, find out more about you, listen to your podcast. Yep. The first place to start is the podcast. It's called Joshua Live, or you can search my name, Gary Temple Bodley, B-O-D-L-E-Y. But listen to the podcast. If that resonates with you, then go to the website at theteachingsofjoshua.com and see what's there. There's free meditations and uh, all kinds of free stuff there. Um, so the first thing is really is listen to the podcast. If that resonates, then you go on to the next step. Yeah. All right. Good system. Great. Thank you. Thanks. All, All right. right. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you in the next Thanks episode. Thanks for tuning into Bye. the podcast, y'all. Please like, subscribe, rate, comment, whatever the platform you listen to podcasts on offers you as a way to let its algorithm know that you're enjoying these episodes. That really helps. Also, there's some links in the podcast description notes that allow you to support the podcast in a way that benefits you and us. So please check those out. And if you'd like to stay in touch with me, you can sign up for my mailing list at portersinger.com. We'll see you in the next episode. Bye.